And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. I know you're always watching out for my hands because they're real fast, but now that I'm doing a little bit of BJJ, you might want to watch out for uh, pretty much everything at this point. The segment's called You Gonna Fight Me, where I basically beat up my co-host. He is Brendan Tobin. I am the sports machine, Sean Levine. Uh, BT, you're going to fight me if I say Khabib's resume, not good enough to be top five all time. I know he's undefeated. I know that he basically took out everybody, but... He it's 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 mixed martial arts. It's the UFC. Like we've seen guys get better the older that they get. You're gonna fight me if I say Khabib wasn't around long enough to have a top five resume. Um, I see your point, but I just think that the thing that will always be the deterrent on that is how good he looked in his final fight. He looked like the most untouchable thing in the sport. And I don't know who was close to beating him. Maybe Charles Oliveira would have gotten it done, but we just saw him lose to baby brother pretty easily. So, nah, I, I don't think that that's the deterrent on it. I, I am a big longevity guy, and I do like I, – I, that is an impressive thing. And, you know, so maybe if you want to like – if we're going to cut it thin down the line one day and you want to argue Israel Adesanya versus Khabib because he got his belt back, I'll hear your argument out. But I, Khabib was so dominant, he barely lost a round. Come on, dude. I mean, I have him at six, but that's not in the top five the last time I checked. Math, not really my thing, but I don't think that the uh, number six is in the top five. Speaking of Khabib, I got to ask you a Connor question. Did you, you, you saw him go into the locker room afterwards, after the oh, Garcia fight, right? I'm so glad you brought this up. What the, like, <laughs> listen, dude. Why well, should I let, I'll do your topic first? I don't want to go off on this yet. I'm pretty but, sure but, we're going down the same road, brother. So all I'm <laughs> going right. to say is, Here's my here's what I was gonna say, and then I'll let you take the microphone. Are you gonna fight him if I say Conor McGregor has become the opposite of cool? Like whatever he does now, man, I just look at it and I'm like, why is he doing it? Why is he saying it? The timing is wrong. I just I can't look. He's like an eclipse, man. I can't look straight at him. He is becoming a caricature of himself. It feels like I don't want to <laughs> say he's the opposite of cool. I mean, like I feel like you know most people he used say, to be hey, so to be cool though. He I'm was sure. the definition of cool. The thing that bothered me was like, dude, Connor, stop giving people excuses, man. Like, it's like, that's always his thing. Like, Connor used to be like the king. Like, look, you're set, like, cooler, yes, but he also was like, he was accountable when he lost. Like, when he lost to Nate, cool, I want to do it, and I want to do it again at the same weight. You know, now he's saying, oh, I want to do it without the rehydration clause. Like, don't listen to that, Ryan Garcia. Just take your butt kicking. Move on. Not every camp is perfect. And honestly, like, Connor, that was the thing that made him cool. Like, beating guys with knee injuries and the stakes not necessarily being perfect or taking guys on short notice. Now, as he's more established, it's always like, oh, things have to be picture perfect as to why they are this and that. So, yeah, dude, I I, I found that so lame. Well, for two men in their 30s talking about another guy being cool, I think automatically makes us uncool. That being said... You know what I'm talking about. Everything that he did, the way he talked, the way he walked into the cage, the way at his press conferences, his look, his connection with Dana, his one-liners. What's the last cool thing Conor McGregor did? Now that I think about it, I'm like, well, he punched the guy in the bar. He got his ass kicked by this guy and by that guy. 
He called out Dustin Poirier's wife. He threw like, what's the last cool thing that Conor McGregor did? Um, probably get the Floyd Mayweather fight to happen. It's been a while, dude. Like, yeah, it hasn't been a it has been a spectacular run. I mean, that I would say if you're gonna if you're a big money fan, probably selling proper twelve for like four hundred million. That's pretty cool. But other than that, um, no, nah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of L's lately. Well, I think you just answered your own question. Both of those are the two biggest money makers in his life and would be in all of our lifetimes where he made multiple hundreds of million dollars on both of those entities. And huh, crazy. I don't call it coincidence. He's been a different guy since. He's been a different fighter since. We'll see what he is when he gets back into the cage with Michael Chandler. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Joe Rogan this week, but and I don't even know how this came up. Joe Rogan said that in a street fight, Tyson Fury would have no chance against John Jones. And I'm going to disagree with him just a little bit. All right. I obviously, if those guys get on the mat, I don't think it's going to be too long before John Jones probably chokes out Tyson Fury. But we're talking about heavyweights here. So I think that, you know, the old saying, I would say Tyson in the street has a puncher's chance. You going to fight me? Nah, dude. John Jones Those are two big ass dudes, too. Joe Rogan's right. He's going to grab that giant potato head of his. First, he's going to kick him right in the belly. Then he's going to then he's going to pick him up. He's going to drop him on the street. And he's going to go around his his neck like a snake. And uh, the Gypsy King's not going to know what hit him. You're probably right. Yeah, you 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 and Joe Rogan are uh, probably right about that one. Um, you're going to fight me if I say that playoff overtime hockey is the best playoff of any sport, period. Uh, Really? No, I'm not going to fight you on that, dude. That Panthers game the other night was amazing. One of the best. Honestly, a lot of people are saying best Panthers game of all time. Coming back, beating uh, the one-seed Boston Bruins, forcing a game seven, edge of your seat, in home, like, there really is. And you just, you can't, you can literally not take your eyes off the screen. There's no rest. The puck's always flying. It's it's on edge. You're clawing your way back if you're down. You're watching the. It feels like when you're up, it's the the clock is like an hourglass. It feels like when you're down, it goes by like a speed bag. It's crazy. Why do they throw rats on the floor in in, in Miami, Florida? What's up with that? How do you you don't know the legend of the rat, dude? No, 1996. I, honestly, and, I'm, couple- and before before you hey before you tell me, I'm gonna let you know right now because you're stuck down in that Miami bubble, and I'm here in Kansas City. The story you're about to tell us. Mm-hmm. 83% of people have no idea why why they throw those. Like, I know you think that people do. Why the hell does a team in Miami that's called the Panthers throw rats yep. on the ice? All right. Very simply, during their Stanley Cup season, 1996, the reason that they, one of the, their second season, they, uh, they're in Miami Arena, which is romanticized by a lot of Miami fans because it was an amazing atmosphere. But it was a dump. It was, uh, it was not in the best neighborhood, and it had rats. And in the locker room, at one point during the season, Scott Mellenby saw a rat, took his stick, and slap-shotted the rat, killed it. Panthers go on wow. an incredible run all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then all of a sudden, people start bringing rubber rats to the game. Go YouTube 96, 1996 Florida Panthers rats, and you will see the goalie having to hide in his net because so many rats are raining down from the rafters of Miami arena. And the thing that sucks about it is the Panthers who I love, I mean, the great people who run the organization, but 
they got they got greedy. You used to be able to bring as many rats as you want. Now you're only allowed to bring in game-bought rats. So they tried to capitalize on it. And so it's never, it's not quite what it was where you could go rats galore, dude. It's amazing. Legend of the Rat. Everybody knows that, dude. Scott Mellenby. Jake saying he doesn't even know that Florida had hockey. How dare you, dude? The Legend of the Rat. Who doesn't know that? I mean, what are you guys? You're in Philly. You got the worst mascot of all time. Uh, Gritty, Grizzly, whatever the hell that guy is, that orange freak. Uh, first of all, I, I, I have so many questions. Can you buy rats now when you go to the game? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah. As soon as you walk. Well, it's funny. The Panthers Arena, you literally walk through the souvenir shop, and they have a pile thing full of rats that you can buy. That's five bucks a rat. Like, you know, now you could sneak some rats in. I'm sure. I mean, people in Nashville sneak catfish in the game. So it's not the hardest thing to sneak into the world, but still, you know, let me bring in as many rats as I please. Yeah, I know. I've snuck a lot of things in a lot of places that I wasn't supposed to. One last question here before we get back into, uh, you know, fighting or other things. Who knows? Um, these are these are dead rats. Like actual at one point were alive and now they're dead rats. Is that what we're talking about here? Are we talking about plastic here? I'm so rats. Like, what are you, a monster? No, nobody's throwing. Have you ever smelt a dead rat? Disgusting. I have. I've lived in a lot of crappy apartments over the years. Um, Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine, Jake Noaker. Wow. Didn't think we were going down that path. Uh, Let's stay down in Miami, though. Jim VP, you're going to fight me if I say they should be the favorite to beat the Knicks in this series. No, why would I fight you? That's a simple question, dude. I don't think so. Jim VP. Wow. Killing the guy went off, huh? Unbelievable. Oh, it's amazing. You know what the best thing about Jimmy Butler is? What's that? He is like, he's like a wrestling character. Because, like, I've been in some loud environments at uh, Kaseya Center, Miami-Dade Arena, now formerly FTX Arena, formerly. Uh, it, it really annoys me. I like that it was just the AAA, American Airlines Arena, for so long. Now it's been four different names in a year. Um, been in some big environments. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, you know. This Jimmy Butler, he plays to the crowd. It, it, it's like watching almost a guy in a concert or watching a wrestler the way he plays to the crowd. That game, that 56-point game, one of the best games I've ever been to. And he was torturing the Bucks. Like, he's so mean. Did you say what he said, like, to, 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 to Drew Holiday? I own you. You can't stop me. And he, just, he was doing that to every defender on the Bucks. It was amazing. He's going to smoke the Knicks. Heat and five. And, uh... It's great. I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, can we go from great sports environments that you were at to overrated sports environment that I went to over the weekend in mm-hmm. Kansas City, home of the NFL draft? And maybe I'm just getting old or maybe I'm just, you know, getting jaded. Or maybe I'm becoming my grandpa right in front of me. Who knows? But the NFL draft has to be the most overrated live sports event there is. I got to be honest with you. You know what it felt like? It felt like, and maybe again, we've had two Super Bowl parades in the last four years, so we're used to these giant events down at our Union Station. That being said, you know when you go to a concert and you're waiting between whoever the opening act is and let's call it Pearl Jam, sure. there's some dude like you that does local radio, probably on the FM side, that's maybe throwing some beach balls out the crowd or whatever, and then after a few minutes, you're, you're done with him and you're ready for something else. That's what the NFL draft is. That FM DJ's out there the entire time. Really? Just giving away beach balls. Yeah, because after the third or fourth pick, let's be honest, like, I don't know, when they get to the number 18, number 20 pick, some wide receiver out of Maryland, right? Some some, some defensive end out of Stanford. I don't know who these guys are, so I don't know if you're going to fight me or not, but 
live NFL draft, most overrated sports event you could attend. It's been a tough year for me to argue this because the Dolphins haven't had a first-round pick for the last two years because they traded it for Tyree Kill, your guy, last year and this past year. Tom Brady ruined it with his tampering. So no, they ruined it themselves. No, Tom Brady ruined it, dude. He's very greedy, and he got to, you know, he just he just had to get back on the he had to get on a new team in the Dolphins. It's Tom Brady's fault. Uh, the Dolphins just took the blame just because you know they just tripped over themselves. But it was Tom Brady's fault. Um, but yeah, I, the, the thing with the NFL draft that's ruined it, to be honest with you is Twitter. Like, everybody's got the picks. I watch everything with Twitter. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and act. Like, I'm sitting here in fake suspense while everybody's like, oh, who's it going to be? And I already know. So that's, uh, that's, that's the thing that's kind of ruined the draft for me. Let's get back to the NBA. You're going to fight me if I say, I think the Lakers have a real shot, dude. Not just to come out of the West. But to win the championship, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Because like a month ago, I took a bet that said, on BetMGM, that said they were going to miss the playoffs basically at even money. And now that I watch D'Angelo Russell, I mean, they had their way with the Memphis Grizzlies. I know you're down in Miami, and everybody I'm sure down there is talking about their domination of the Bucs. But just as oppressive as what the Lakers did to the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies, you're going to fight me if I say the Lakers have a real shot to win the championship. No, I really want to fight you. Why Why would you say that their win over the Grizzlies was more impressive than the Heat? I mean, why would you say that? Oh, you want Dylan to fight Brooks? me on that one? No, I just don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Like, the, the Heat beat the championship favorites in five. How is LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer, a four-time champion beating up a bunch of little kids? How, how is that more impressive than what the Heat did? I, 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 don't, I don't follow you there. Maybe not more impressive. I would say equally as impressive right like if you look at what right. both teams well, were this year well from both sides to be honest with you like if you look hmm. at how impressive the bucks were this year you could say the same thing just in the western conference about the grizzlies and then both the miami heat and the los angeles lakers had to sneak in the back door of the playoffs just to get in so i'm sorry if i ruffled your feathers down there i'm sorry if ah, just, enough yeah. good stuff going on down there in south beach but ah. it's just the truth listen you bring up patrick mahomes every uh three seconds i will bring up uh the heat beat them right. five you're damn right I do. By the way, this is why the segment is called You're Gonna Fight Me, because usually we take off the gloves and end up throwing down here on the BetQL network. Uh, you're gonna fight me. Now that Joel Embiid looks like he's gonna be out for game one versus Boston, you're gonna fight me. And I know Jake is our producer out there in Philadelphia. They got no shot in this series without Embiid. No shot. You're gonna fight nah, me? Uh, no, nothing to fight. I think the thing that's tough about it with Joel Embiid is like, look, I think he probably will win MVP, but Man, every year it's like he's got something in the playoffs that creeps up and probably, yeah, probably has to do with the fact that he's the biggest guy on the court and he likes to flop around like a fish and fall to the court 900 times. Like, dude, Shaq didn't do that. Stay on your feet, dude. You know you can stay on your feet. Stop trying to bait people in the calls and maybe you won't, you know, bop a knee every, every time a series comes around. He brings it upon himself. I thought you were above that. BT adding insult to injury or injury to insult there for a guy that, as you mentioned, when I was when I hosted a show called Rock Chalk Sports Talk like nine years ago and Embiid eight years ago and he was at KU and same thing didn't even play in the NCAA tournament so yeah great player but for whatever reason when the postseason comes around all right last one then we got to go to a break I was at a Royals game last week and the guy that I was with not me because I don't want to lie I got to keep it 100 here on the BetQL network caught a foul ball on the fly and then didn't give it to a kid. All right, you can't fight me. You should have gave it to the kid. Uh, you're locked into the BetQL network.